Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Dr. Nora Bensahel, author of Transforming the U.S. Army for the 21st Century, featured in Parameters Spring 2021 issue. Dr. Bensahel is a visiting professor of strategic studies at the Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies and is a contributing editor for War on the Rocks. Before we start, I'd like to just thank you for contributing to our 50th anniversary edition of Parameters. That was a really big deal for us, and having you included was really nice. So thank you for that. Oh, thanks very much. It was an honor to be asked. So for our listeners, we're here to talk about your article, Transforming the Army for the 21st Century. In this article, you noted that we're at a strategic inflection point in our history, and the Army is transforming in several ways. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I wrote that we're at a period that is a strategic inflection point because we're at a time of really great strategic uncertainty in the United States. We're in a period where it's clear that great power competition is back, as we've seen from the 2018 National Defense Strategy. But we're also continuing to conduct counterterrorism and counterinsurgency operations around the world. We're seeing the rise of gray zone conflicts that don't fall within the traditional scope of how we've defined conflict that are below the threshold of conventional war. And we're dealing with the advent of two entirely new domains of conflict. For the past 125 years or so, we've been focused on the three domains of land, sea, and air. And now really for the first time, we're dealing with you know space and cyber as real domains of warfare. You, you combine that all with the exponential technological change that is going on in society and in affecting military technologies. And there's just a tremendous amount that's changing right now that makes it really difficult to forecast exactly where all these trends are going to go in the future. I definitely agree with that. We live in a very fast-paced world. When I was looking through your article, I love that you mentioned more than once how the Army has reinvented or reimagined itself several times in our nation's history. That gave me a little bit of hope for all these challenges we face. And it kind of leads into the next question. We have a global pandemic, rapid advances in AI that are changing society and the character of war multi-domain warfare that's occurring along a continuum, not just at the level of an armed conflict. This is the world to which our armed forces have to adapt. So based on the changes you just outlined, how might the U.S. Army face these challenges, especially in light of declining budgets? I think the Army is entering another period of time where it is going to have to fundamentally redefine itself. And that is never comfortable. It goes against a lot of things that are very deeply ingrained in the culture. And like you, I'm hopeful that the Army can do this. It's done it before, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And it may be painful in a number of ways. The two biggest things that I think the Army is going to have to contend with in the years going forward First is the shift to being a supporting service rather than the supported service in what the nation is defining as the primary future threat, and that is with China. China is not primarily going to be a threat in the land domain compared to the air and sea domains. And what that means is that the army is not going to be in the lead And in fact, most of what the Army should be providing in an era of declining defense budgets and constraints is logistical support rather than combat support. And that's going to be a tremendous psychological and cultural change for the Army. 
The second, and this is somewhat related, but also different in a lot of domains, is that the role of the reserve component in the nation's overall defense is going to increase. And in a lot of ways, and in some very particular areas, it may become more important than the active component. I'm thinking particularly about the role of the Army and Homeland Defense, which is going to be an increasing role. And that will primarily fall on the reserve component rather than the active component as it's designed to do. The last time that budgets went down, the army engaged in what can only be described as fratricide between the active and the reserve components that ended with Congress mandating an army commission to try to settle those differences. The army has had a much closer working relationship between its components since then, but I'm very concerned that as the budgets decline and there isn't as much money to go around as there used to be, that uh, this tension between the growing role of the reserve component, again, because of the elevation of homeland security demands and the, in relative terms, slightly decreasing role of the active component may reignite that feud and neither the army nor the nation can afford for that kind of fratricide to happen again. What about the effects of the pandemic? What does that mean for the nation? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that the, you know, not only is the army changing, but the nation is changing as a result of the pandemic. And I think the the biggest change, and I talk about this a little bit in the article, is I think the pandemic is making many Americans redefine what they mean by national security. For decades, certainly since World War I, but even before then, the United States has largely defined national security as something that happens abroad, that we defend forward, that we go abroad to fight our wars, and we think of the homeland as a very distinct and separate thing. We resource the Defense Department with $750 billion a year to fight wars overseas. The military, by design, even though there is an increase in homeland security and homeland defense role, the military is not the primary tool for dealing with internal threats here at home. And we don't want it to be the primary agency or organization here at home. But I think with the pandemic, many, many more Americans have now died as a result of the pandemic than combat deaths from the beginning of World War II to the present all combined. I think that's going to make a lot of Americans say, what do we get for our $750 billion that we invest in the Defense Department? That didn't protect me from the pandemic. That didn't protect my family from the pandemic. And again, even though those of us who work on national security or in the military know that the military shouldn't be taking a role in that, it's a reasonable question for the American people to ask, how do we allocate our resources and don't we need to be allocating more towards some of these internal threats? I think that's why the defense budget is going to continue to decline in years coming forward, particularly when you add on to it all of the trillions of dollars that have been spent on pandemic relief that will also constrain the budget. There's definitely some hard conversations coming up. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share before we wrap this up? You know, the missions that the Army and the military as a whole may have to take on are enormous across the entire spectrum of conflict. And that's going to happen at a time when resources, both dollars and people, are going to be declining. And what that means is, Even more than before, the Army and the other services are going to need to be adaptable. They need to think about being adaptable to totally unforeseen challenges. They're not going to have the resources to be able to train for everything. And as I said, the strategic environment that the nation finds itself in is always changing. We have a lot of work to do on adaptability at those higher institutional and theater levels. For sure. I would like to thank you very much for your time and your contribution to Perimeters. Thanks very much. I appreciate the opportunity to both write and and talk about the article with you. 